everyone. Welcome to this episode of Steam Up the Classroom. And we're, we're doing a raw episode. Um, I'm home in social distancing and I can't get to the studio to even put the edit into the intro song or anything like that. And you probably will hear my kids screaming in the background. Um, <laughs> so this is going to be a raw and real episode. And I have my colleague and good friend, Beth Barra, who's on today. And we just wanted to talk about how we're doing during this whole COVID-19 social distancing um, where we've finished one week so far um, at being home and having the school closed and we just kind of wanted to check in and uh, and just see how we're doing. So welcome yeah. Beth. Hi everybody, how's it going? Yeah, so um, Beth is a fourth grade teacher in the same school that I work at and she's so amazing but Beth why don't you just tell us a little bit about who you are. All right, so uh, like Tori said, I teach fourth grade. Um, I'm a team teacher, so that means I have um, my homeroom and my partner has his homeroom and then we switch. So I only teach ELA, writing and social studies and he teaches math and science. And we've been using this model for a couple years. And honestly, it's amazing. Um, but that means double the students and um, double the the space in my heart because I miss them so much. I know. This is so crazy. This is so unlike anything I've ever experienced before. It's very, very unnerving. Yeah. I um, agree. And just like how you have children, you're going to be hearing my children just entered the room. You guys <laughs> go ahead. Say I know. Hi. I'm in office right now. Can you close my door, honey? <laughs> this is so fun. Like, can we join the podcast, mom? <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about uh, Minecraft and ATVs. They just got dressed and they wanted to show me. Oh, well, that's more than what I've done today. Still in my pajamas. Same. I'm still in my pajamas and my robe, and that's okay. Someone attributed this like time that we're in is like the time between Christmas and New Year's when you're like, what day is it? And yeah. I really feel that. I do too, but I also feel like that's a jolly time of year. That's like true. Celebrating and I'm excited to see family and this is kind of not for me. I mean, I enjoy having the family time with my own immediate family, but even, you know, just having my, my parents over is, is worrisome to me because my dad, who's turning 67, is immunocompromised and I just, I'm, I'm like, yeah. What you know, I don't even want it sounds awful, but it's like I want to hug them, but I don't. Right. And I I feel so many emotions. Um and it's hard too because you don't know if you're a carrier, you don't know if you have it. Yeah. Um, you don't know if he has it. And any time that you have to run out to the store or or you know, pick up something, you run the risk of picking it up. Exactly. And not knowing if you have it. Right. So we've been utilizing like the pickup features from a bunch of different stores. And, um, but if we do have to go into the store where I don't bring the kids, mm -hmm. um, it's either my husband and I that go. And when we do get there, we make sure to hand sanitize while we're there, hand sanitize when we get back. And then this is crazy, but I like make sure to take off all my clothes, put them in the laundry and then hop in the shower because 
you know, it like stays, it stays on everything on all these surfaces. And, and there's <clears throat> still just like so many questions out there, yeah, you know, it, and you just, it's, I don't know. I was trying to talk to my husband about it a little bit because when this all first started coming out, he was like, you're getting too anxious. But to me, it's like one of those things where maybe you can control it a little bit by just cleaning and, you know, taking off your clothes when you come home from the store or something like that. And at least that's the little bit of control that that's I feel something like I can that have. You can, yeah, exactly. You have the power to control that. Right. Um, and I was kind of like him in a way because so many people were, you know, two, three weeks ago going out and stocking up and hearing about this and they're like, this is going to be crazy. And one of my best friends was one of those people. And I'm like, it's okay. Like, we're going to be fine. Just, you know, try and try and relax. But now that school has been closed for so long, it's actually made me more anxious. I'm not really an anxious person, but just the un, like not knowing Mm -hmm. what's happening. And the fact that our schools are closed for this amount of time, which is so unprecedented. And and like, and who knows if it'll be longer than the three weeks. Right. And then I think about the repercussions of it. It's like, okay, are we going to have to make up these days? I think about our state testing, our MCAS testing. What's going to happen with that? What's going to happen with April vacation? Are we going to have to go through April vacation? Like what's going on? So to me, that scares me more. The fact that, all right, this has to be a big deal. If schools are going to shut down with all these other things that they have to worry about Mm -hmm. and they're going to shut down, this is big. And that's what's really freaking me out. Not so much because you're right. I can control a certain amount. Like I can stay in my house. I can social distance. I can self quarantine if I want to. But what it boils down to is like, what's really happening out there? I don't know. Just the unknown. Are other people social distancing? Are other people being careful? How are other people doing mentally? How are they doing financially? Like this is really hard for my family right now. And I mean, but we're still probably in a better place than so many other people. You think about wait staff and and a lot of restaurants are saying like, oh, you know, we are going to continue to pay their wages, but you know, they're not getting their tips anymore. And the tips is where all of their income comes, you know? know, We have friends that own two restaurants and we're like, how are they staying afloat? Like, luckily they're successful restaurants, but they have you know, wait staff to think about, but then they also have to think about the food costs. Like like we just, our friends were planning on having a huge St. Patrick's day feast and they bought 400 pounds of, of, I know of, um, corned beef that they just had to give away because no one was coming in for it. And then I think about, you know, they still have to think about, because they don't own the buildings, they rent the buildings, they have to pay that. And, you know, there's so many other I don't know. There's so many variables that go into this and I don't know. My husband right. keeps telling me to be patient because I'm, I'm the one that's like, okay. So if they say they're going to shut down the restaurants, if they say they're going to help us with our mortgage, if they say that they're going to do tax breaks or whatever, well, how come it hasn't happened yet? And he's like, yeah. Could, because these things have to take time because if they rushed into it maybe it would be done the wrong way or you know maybe it would cause even more hysteria and and I can see his point too because this is 
again, something that's so unprecedented. We've never had to deal with something like this before. No. We want to make sure that we're doing it the right way and the sustainable way because who knows how long this is going to be. Right. Um, and I've found some kind of like weird comfort in watching the Netflix show Pandemic. And it's a documentary and it follows a whole bunch of different people in the medical field, um, doctors and researchers and just like overall people that are trying to push legislator and things like that. And it follows them through what would happen if there was a pandemic. And this was films before COVID-19 was even a thing I think and um and just seeing it from their eyes and saying like this is what we need to do this is what we would need to do um it's almost comforting me from like the science side of things where I'm like okay so there are people out there that are working on it there are people that are saying like these are the things that we need to do so I know that they're you know trying their very best to make this squat be squashed or to have as small impact as possible but when you see the news and they're like okay 400 new cases today and and all that it's hard to like get myself to balance that yeah and I feel that and honestly um I haven't watched that documentary but um we went the Hollywood route and we watched (laughs) (laughs) Contagion oh no I know but I just you know what that was, I watched it earlier in the week before I was feeling all this anxiety. And I was just like, yeah, this is kind of fun. This is like similar to what we're going through and similar in the sense that we have to social distance and, you know, that Hollywood dis- like um, virus was way more extreme, <laughs> but yeah. But in the same sense, like how you said you felt more at ease because you saw like the behind the scenes, uh, the science aspect of people working on it. I felt like the same was true for, even though it was a Hollywood depiction of it, of what was happening at the CDC and, you know, all that stuff that goes into it that made me feel kind of like, all right, we do have people that are working on this. People aren't just, you know sitting around (laughs) yeah there are people that are trying to find what happened how this happened where it came from how do we stop it how do we cure it that kind of thing yeah so that kind of gave me a sense of relief but at the same time I think it kind of heightened my anxiety a little bit in the sense that like it it really is it spreads so easily Mm -hmm. But again, that was the Hollywood version. This with COVID-19, I mean, it is very contagious, but um, I think that un- th- there's just so many unknowns. Yeah. Like, all right, so we know that it's not airborne. It has to pass through, like, I don't know, contact? Is that, is that true, though? I don't I know. Think, isn't it air? I'm, you know what? Let's not get into the science of it. Okay. Because we're yeah. not sure. We're not, not even- sure, and we don't want to be putting stuff out there and, and misinforming True. people. Any All level. we know, but- the best thing to do is just stay home. Just enjoy this family time. And I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to enjoy my family time. But it's really hard when you have, and I'm sure you're realizing this too, 
when you have two active little boys at home that all they want to do is just play outside, which is fine. But when you live in a neighborhood, when there are kids out everywhere, it's really hard to say, sorry, guys, you can't play. Yeah. And we have the yard the size of like a closet. So, because yeah. <laughs> we live in a condo and it's, it's pretty hard. It's really difficult. You can't, they so, can't really run, you know? Yeah, and, and for us, we live in a neighborhood, but we're on the corner. So everybody, we're like in a fishbowl. Everybody sees us. So if we're outside, kids come running over and I have to be like, listen, don't cross the street. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we have to, if you want to say hi, you can, but you can't come over and it's really hard. And they don't so understand. I'm trying, of, I'm trying to think of more you know, creative ways to get them outside because they are such outdoor kids and being outdoors is fine. Um, So we're trying to do like nature walks and I want to bring them to the beach and, um, you know, which is great too, because then we can get kind of like a science lesson out of it. And hopefully no one's at the beach in March. Yeah. And that's, and that's another thing. (laughs) Massachusetts. (laughs) Yeah. So it's just, I don't know. It's, it's really hard for them because you know, my oldest is in kindergarten and he says, why can't I have my friends over? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just have to say to them, we can only be with our family right now. I'm it's sorry. a hard balance between trying to tell them like why we can't see friends yeah, and like trying to shelter them so that they don't have anxiety over it. Yeah. Like we've, I have a almost, he's almost three um, in a week and He's been really wondering why he can't see Grammy, why, you know, he doesn't get to go to school anymore. And he's been like anxious. You, we can tell that he's anxious because yeah. any of the times that my husband or I need to go to the store to pick up essentials or something like that, he is in hysterics when we're leaving and because he knows that something's going on. But we haven't really said much other than we just have to stay home um, and be safe right now because some yep. people are sick. And, you know, in a three-year-old, he has no idea what that means or the extent of it and or maybe he's making it even huger in his head you know what I mean yeah so it's it's a hard balance and then I think about our students and in our school we have grades three through six so it's a very it's a huge gap between three and six the the difference between the third graders and the sixth graders is I mean and I feel like you see that more often um or it's it's more apparent to you because you see the grade span within a day. You mm-hmm. see third graders, you see fourth graders, fifth graders, sixth graders, and you see the difference. Whereas I'm kind of in my own little bubble with just fourth graders. Yeah. I sometimes forget, you know, that they're just nine and 10 years old. And so we do have these kinds of conversations with them, but you're right. Some of them, some of them can handle this but some of them, I don't know, I, I just get so nervous for them. And then I think about here we are at home. Some of our students don't have, you know, the best home life. And it really, that's what makes me so also so heartbroken um, that they come to school, not only for an education, for the socialization. Um, some, some kids come to school for food. Some kids. And, yeah. And for the stability. Yeah, for for love. And now that it's not here, now that they're not getting that, you know, what are the impacts of that? Right. 
what's gonna, I don't know. So actually I saw on Instagram, um, Jillian Starr, she's a teacher from Massachusetts. Um, and she has her own blog and Instagram, Jillian Starr Teaching. Um, she posted this awesome picture and it kind of just summed up how I'm feeling because she's a mom like, like us, a teacher like us. And oftentimes I feel like I have too many tabs open. Like my brain is a computer and I have yeah. too many tabs open. And she actually posted a picture of that. And there's um, eight different um, or seven different tabs. And one's about my family's health, homeschooling, too many feelings, my students, stay inside people, essential items, healthcare workers. And each tab like has just a list. So for example, her tab on her feeling says, it's okay if you feel overwhelmed. It's okay if you feel anxious. It's okay if you need a break if, if from the news. It's okay if you're confused. Like all these things just kind of was like, oh, this is exactly how I'm feeling. I have so many worries, mm -hmm. so many feelings. Um, you know, my students, my job, my family, my health, the world. I have so many worries right now. And I think we all just need to to kind of be there for each other and say, listen, we're all in this together. And yeah, it is overwhelming. Yeah, it is. You know, we're all anxious. We're all worried. We're all confused. So I think it's kind of, I don't know. Now's not the time to hide those feelings. Right. Now's it's the time to just be like, this is what's going on with me. How are you doing? Yeah. And it's validating to hear that you know, other people in similar situations or even people who have different situations than you are also feeling the same way. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and we have so many students too with parents that if they're not working, they're not getting paid. Yes. And, you know, restaurants are closed down. So that means wait staff aren't working and yes. um, cashiers, and like their retail, so many parents aren't getting paid right now so for them stress. yeah so for them to um having that stress knowing that now like their kids probably were getting free and reduced lunch now they might not have the means at home to be having healthy meals or any meals and um our district is being so supportive I think that I mean they're doing yeah. what they can and they said if any student comes during these certain hours during the week we will give them lunch no questions asked yeah I love that not just to free and reduce any student that shows up and that's age. awesome and, and our superintendent's been tweeting that out pictures of the bag lunches and mm -hmm. the breakfast items and you know I I just think that's but you then know. you worry about the kids that parents they can't afford to drive in their car every day if they're not getting paid like I know that there's students that we have where their parents don't have cars they rely on uber or they have a certain set budget where they can't go over it they so they can yep. only pay for the travel to and from work yep. um, with maybe one stop a week or something like that so then I worry about them like I know we're doing what we can with all the lunches and everything but what about the kids that physically can't get to the they school? live across town yeah. And they can't get there. I also think about, you know, I have a lot of students whose parents work in healthcare. 
Mm-hmm. And I think about the nurses, the doctors who are essential workers and they have to be at work and they're pretty much exposed. They're being right. exposed to all these things. And then they have to come home and, and know that they've been exposed right. in some way and that they have to, you know, take measures to make sure that their child isn't exposed. And, and I, I saw this tweet of, um, a parent who works as a nurse. Yeah. Um, and she said that she's just not coming home. Um, that, you know, she, they're going to live with dad for the remainder of this because she's afraid to come home and expose them. Yeah. I saw a similar one where the dad was a doctor and until this kind of whole thing rides out, he's lit. They have like a, a garage apartment. He, that's where he's deciding to be. Yeah. To stay away because he knows it's a risk. It's a potential risk if he goes back into his family's house. So he's there, but he's you know taking precautions, and that's going to be so difficult for them, right? You know? And and I I mean most kids aren't going to understand the level of all of that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it takes a huge toll on both parents and it takes a huge toll on the kids, but they don't understand why he just can't come in the house yeah. or yeah. like why they can't just, you know, go see grandma. Like, you know what I mean? Even the it older, is. even older high school students, they're still really young. Yeah. And it's like when we're, when we're sick and I'm saying in quotations, you know, there are some telltale signs that you, you have a cough that you, your nose is red and runny and you, you know, you look sick. This thing is invisible Mm -hmm. if we're a carrier. And so I think it's, that's what makes it difficult for a lot of kids. Well, you look fine. Yeah. But you don't know. And I don't know. I also, my neighbor, um, I have two neighbors that work at um, a hospital in Boston and because they're essential workers, um, they have to go to work and their kids are home. They have three kids that are school-aged and they have no one to watch them because of daycare. Are they going to use one of the um, emergency daycares that they're setting up? I'm not sure yet. Um, I haven't heard much about that. Did the governor say something about the why? Yeah. It was? Yeah, but then, like, I mean, it's so great that they have those options, but then at the same time, I'm sure the parents are weighing, all right, so if all of these kids are kids of healthcare workers or, you know, essential workers who are out there potentially being exposed, are my kids going to get exposed from other kids? Like, so there's so much that they need to weigh, and it's like, I just, absolutely, I feel like overwhelmed. Oh, I for sure do. So my neighbor, um, luckily, um, her parents have an in-law with them and her mom is retired. So her mom's been watching the kids in the meantime, but you know, she has a life too. Mm -hmm. And one day my neighbor had to go in or was scheduled to go in, but her mom couldn't watch the kids. So she called her boss and was like, look, I can't come in. And they wrote her up. Oh my God. I'm like, now is not the time. Now is not the time. Are you kidding me? Um, and that's what I was talking to her mom across the street the other day. And that's what she told me that she got written up for not coming into work because she had no daycare. Oh. I'm like, 
I don't know. That's such a stress too. And you and I both know as a mom who works health uh, daycare, if daycare closes, we're scrambling. So I can only imagine what it must be. Right now you have no one to scramble to because everyone's social distancing. So for an employer to not understand that, like I completely understand that they need to have their numbers of people that are working because- I mean, that's how people are going to get better exactly. and get treated. But from the other side, like you, they're humans I was that say, are working for you and that have so much on their plate right now. And to treat them in that way makes me think that they're going to lose employees after this. People, I mean, the way that businesses are working right now and treating their employees is going to be under the microscope oh absolutely throughout all of this i um um saw somebody post on again on instagram it was it says pay attention to how companies treat their employees during Mm -hmm. this time it speaks volumes to their core ethics and so i think about the healthcare workers they're stressed to the max they have so much on their plate but then i think about our, our district, I think yeah. about our schools and how lucky are we that we have our administration, our principals checking in on us to yes. say, how are you doing? Yeah. You know? And I think and, that's, and yeah. we're still at such the beginning of all of this too, but I mean, so far they've been so supportive and in, in saying like, do what you can checking, yeah. check in with your students is the most important thing. Yeah. And then everything else can fall behind that. You know what I mean? Right. It's take care of you and make sure that you're okay. Which I think that's so important because um, I think this is kind of, in a way, bringing mental health to the forefront. Yes. And I think that's a topic, a conversation that everybody should be having. You know, a lot of people are suppressing their feelings about this. And this is, like you said, this is the time to talk about how we're feeling because we all are experiencing this and we all have, you know, I think, you know, having um, mental health companies and apps providing their services for free during this time, that's huge. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's, you know, that's really great. I actually, um, I'm a practitioner in mindfulness and I, I'm, I promote mindfulness. I talk about it. I practice it in my classroom. I practice it at home and to have, you know, people, these companies that are having, you know, that have these apps provide that to people. Like I think calm is one of them mm-hmm. is providing services right now for free so that people can just download and take these breathing exercises. Like that is so helpful. And during this time of uncertainty, just even just focusing on your breath, like you were talking about controlling things that you can control, even just controlling your breath, it sounds kind of silly, but it really does make things a little bit better. Yeah. And just talking about mental health, I think is going to open up so many other conversations that we should have been having a long time ago. And that's hopefully one of the good things that comes out of all this. Yeah, I agree. You know, um, but let's talk a little bit more about teacher expectations and district expectations. So I've seen a whole 
variety of different um, expectations that have been put on educators just from checking out Twitter and Instagram. And I've seen districts that have said, okay, well, normally you teach for six and a half, seven hours a day. So we are expecting that from you. You will Skype all of your students. You will be teaching from your kitchen. You are expected to be dressing professional and (gasps) to not have any background um, noise or anything like that. And I like... (laughs) Now is not the time. No. <laughs> now oh. is not the time to be treating your teachers that way because someone, I don't remember who it was, but someone said the balance right now that teachers have is humongous. We not only are trying to get resources out to our students or to be teaching um, classes or you know something like that, but we're also dealing with our own families and maybe some of them have students of their own that they need to be teaching at home and it's just like a huge revolving like never-ending problem and to put such intense expectations on and then you then you have the students that who are at home and they don't have any support because maybe their parents have to go to work and they're by themselves or maybe their parents are trying to work from home too or maybe their parents are just having a really hard time yeah yesterday I cried all the way to Target and then I cried all the way home from Target. Like maybe that's how, what the day that they're having that day. And to put such huge expectations on just anyone that's a human right now, it just feels like how can you not just take a step back and see what people are dealing with? Yeah. And I haven't experienced that. Um, I would love to know <laughs> which states are doing that. Um, um, well, um, if anyone wants to know, Marie from New Jersey on Twitter is pretty uh, <laughs> vocal, and I think she's been kind of seeking out those districts. Okay. Well, I love her. She she um, she is, says it how it is. She and I love that. Uh, we need more people like her. But anyway, um, I I have to say I'm I'm feeling like what our district and what other districts in Massachusetts are are putting on us as teachers, I think it's manageable. Mm -hmm. I think for me, I am like a tech teacher. I I love using technology. I love reaching out to my students and I'm constantly on my phone and on, on my computer, just trying to reach out, emailing, um, thinking up lessons, making Google forms to send out. So that's just who I am as a teacher, but I can understand you know, that's how I work through my anxieties. I just plan and Mm -hmm. I, and I, that's what works best for me. But there are some teachers who might not work best like that. There are some teachers who, who might, you know, (laughs) not be able to get out of bed some days and, and that should be okay. Right. They should be able to process in their own way and not have to worry about how am I going to teach a classroom of, you know, 20 something students digitally for six hours a day. No, they need to worry about their own mental health. They need to worry about their families. They need to worry about, you know, just taking care of themselves. And like I said, what works best for me is I've been going on, you know, my Instagram pages. I've been trying to connect with my students because honestly, like I said, I miss them. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and I want to check in on them and I want to see how they're doing. And one of my former students, she actually used to live in our town. Um, and now her mom, she and her mom had moved to a different state, um, down South. And I just put it out there on my Instagram story. I said, you know, how's everybody feeling? Check in. I want to hear from you. And she checked in that she herself, she's in eighth grade. She's feeling overwhelmed because of how much school they're doing, how much work they're and I'm like, that's not okay. It's not like she's 13 years old. She should be worried about, you know, how is she and her mom going to handle this situation? How right. are they going to keep themselves safe and protected? She shouldn't have to worry about writing a 13 page essay or whatever it is that she has to do. Yeah. And <clears throat> not only that, but how is that teacher? I think about the teacher as well. How are they, if they're expecting that one student to do that much work, they have so many others. How are they going to have the time to grade all of that? And we, these, these students didn't sign up for online classes. No, so they, they don't. It's very hard to go from learning in person to online without having any support and resources and really understanding what it is to take an online class. I right. mean, I even struggled with that in college. Yeah, because I had never done it before. And I was like, oh, like, I don't like this at all. I'd much rather be able to like sit in class and talk to my teacher. And well, that's like um, another person I follow on Instagram, Michaela, who is a teacher um, in Massachusetts on Instagram. She's the townie teacher. Oh, yeah, and- she's cool. Yeah. And she's going for her, um, either her master's or her CAGS or something. And the reason why she chose this particular program is because she does best with direct instruction. She does best when she goes to a physical class mm-hmm. and sits with other students and her professor and learns. And then because her, her um, college that she's attending, her university that she's attending switched over to online classes, it really was frustrating to her because she's She's like, that's not how I do my best learning. And I'm an adult. Imagine right. how kids are feeling. Who And a, another thing, uh, another teacher I was talking to um, was saying that their district is having difficulty. They're doing the Chromebook loaner program, which is awesome. A lot of districts are doing that. Right. But a lot of the students in her district in particular are having trouble connecting to the internet. Yeah. So that's another uh, barrier that we have to, as educators, be mindful of as well. You know, the expectations, the grading. I think we in Massachusetts cannot do anything graded or are not supposed to be grading anything, uh, or maybe that's just our district. Um, but we have to be mindful of all these different barriers for these kids and expectations for these kids. Right. And I don't know. It's just... Ugh. It's hard, but maybe, maybe we can talk about a few of the resources that we love and maybe, um, that'll help out, um, someone who's listening. One of my favorites right now is Flipgrid. I mean, it's always one of my favorites, let's be serious, but right now I think it's, um, it's really helping out districts and teachers stay connected. Um, Mm -hmm. and our district has a, um, they're putting together um, just like reading some stories or some excerpts um, where the teachers are creating videos and then um, the students will be able to see them and connect in that way. Um, But it's also a great way for people to just make a video to check in. So as a teacher, you can post a grid and just say, how are you doing today? 
Yeah. We're like, what are you doing today? Or just tell us anything. And yeah. the students can respond on a video and they can make it their own. And it's totally free. It's always free. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can use an app or you can use it on your computer. It's just really great resource. Yeah. And um, I'm planning on using it next week with my class. And I just want to do positive things. Um, I've already checked in with them on a few things, but I, I want to see their pets. So there you go. <laughs> ask them to show me, you know, a video with them and their pet, or if they don't have a pet, their favorite stuffed animal, and just tell me about their, what they've been up to at home, what makes them feel comfortable and just flood the feed with positivity. That's yeah. what that's what I want. But Flipgrid is great for that. I do. I'm excited. Seesaw is another awesome resource too. And it's a little similar to Flipgrid, but um, Seesaw can do more in the sense that you can make a video, you can make a drawing, you can do a voiceover. um, And same as for Flipgrid, where you can put a prompt out and students can answer it. Um, (laughs) Did you just hear that crash? No. (laughs) Oh, it's getting noisy upstairs. Um, and uh, it's a really great way to stay in touch with students and to keep them staying creative. Um, it's free for classroom teachers to create a classroom. They have a paid like district program, but you don't need to do that as a teacher. Um, and it's an awesome resource and parents can see it too. And you can um, download it on an app or on the computer. So it's another mm-hmm. really great one. Um, yeah. What about Google Classroom? I'm actually um, utilizing Google Classroom right now um, to send things out. I recorded myself uh, as a video and I uploaded it to my drive and then stuck it into my Google Classroom so the kids can see my face through Google Classroom that way. Fun. Um, But I also, on Fridays in the classroom, what we usually do is this Friday 54321. It's just a check-in sheet. And it's more or less, you know, like five things that made you smile this week, Uh, four words to describe your week, three things that you learned, two things that you're looking forward to doing on the weekend, and one goal for next week. And um, it's just a way for them to check in, like um, an overview of the week, how your week was. And yesterday I made a Google form and I posted it through Google Classroom. And so they did it digitally for me. So trying to keep the routine... Um, and their responses were so genuine. They were so great. And so, um, I'm planning on using a lot more, um, Google classroom that way. Something else I did through Google classroom was I scheduled a Google hangouts or a Google meet Fun. with my class. Yeah. I'm really excited. So, um, we'll see only one student has accepted <laughs> So we'll see how that goes out of 46 students. Well, I mean, but you also have to think about, you know, what are they doing at that time? So maybe their parents are like, I don't know, this is going to be able to happen. Like I signed up for um, Erin Fisher who came on, who she's come on the pod a few times. Um, She had some like free PD that she was doing and I signed up for it. And then the day of, and I was like, I'm absolutely not making for this time right now because my kids are not going to let that happen. <laughs> I did the same thing. I signed up for her 10 o'clock and then for her one o'clock and I was still out searching for toilet paper at 10 o'clock. So 
at the stores. And then at one o'clock, were you still searching for toilet paper? Um, I had given up hope at that point because I just—I don't know what it is. These people. I literally. This is a little TMI, but I have two rolls left in my house for four people. Oh man, gotta buy a bidet on Amazon. <laughs> Well, um, I don't know. I, my partner actually offered. He's like, I have some extras. I will drop some off for you if you need to. Oh, very nice. Very sweet. But um, I, I don't know. That's another thing. I'm like, I don't know. But I did, I did order through one of the online grocery apps and I scheduled um, a delivery for next week and toilet papers on the list. All right. So one square per person per toilet yeah, use I'm my five-year-old that. <laughs> yeah, i know well my one-year-old is like i'm just gonna play with this toilet paper i'm like you will not play with this toilet paper I'm like oh my god ah, we need to ration the toilet paper <laughs> um all right what other um resources anything else that we're loving um, well, I have uh, let's wait. Let's talk about um, social media. You're so amazing at social media and just yeah. staying connected. How can teachers or educators or just anyone in general use like Instagram or Twitter to stay in touch? Well, something that I'm doing is every day I have two little boys at home that I'm homeschooling, um, mainly because I just want to stick to a routine. So I just kind of story what I'm doing every day with them. And um, I also pose questions that students can um, comment back to. They can, like I said, I shared, um, I had a check-in and one of my students who lives in a different state now um, commented that she's feeling overwhelmed. So that's something that I'm doing uh, through social media. Another thing that I've been interested in, which we were scheduled to go to the Medfield um, Digital Learning Day no. on Friday, and it got postponed, so I'm so bummed. But I had signed up to learn more about TikTok and how teachers can use TikTok. Well, I downloaded TikTok last night. Oh, geez. <laughs> I know. And But I already have a lot of my students found it, and they added me. So I think that's another way that we can um, stay connected. Uh I don't know. So I'm just, I'm, oh, and one of my students actually emailed me too. So we're just trying to drop lines, um, you know, any way that you can to try and stay connected. I'm interested um, for the Google meet next week. That will be fun. Um, but so far on Instagram, it's just storying my day, asking questions and um, yeah. staying real. You've yeah. been, you've been real about your stories too. And I think that's refreshing and I think parents feel so much pressure on them right now because I'm on I see like what they're posting on Facebook and Instagram you know you see in in the private groups and in yeah. how they're worried and how they're trying to balance all of these expectations for all different areas career right work parents um just like parenting in general school work all this stuff and i like that you're staying real like you're yeah. like well today we watched jurassic park yeah <laughs> which we did yes today we went on a nature walk using atvs like you know like, yeah, yeah which we did <laughs> which um, but it's nice and i think i mean me looking at it i feel appreciative like okay well, that's great because today we went on four walks in the wagon and that's the most we accomplished. 
and it's nice to know. But you're still getting out there. You're still moving from your from your little cave. You're getting out there. You're getting sunshine because it's thank goodness it's been the week that it's been because it's been so gorgeous out. But thank here. goodness we also like I mean I'm feeling grateful that I am able to go outside. True. Because other countries um, in even other locations, if you're living in an apartment building or whatever, you can't take an elevator with someone. Um, you can't pass people in the hallways. So I'm sure that there are people, especially you know, compromised people, that have not been able to leave. And I think about them and we have some students who are immunocompromised and I think like, how are they doing? Yeah. How, how are they scared? I'm scared for them. I'm scared for them. You know? Um, Yeah. And I think about, so our district um, had conferences the week last week Mm -hmm. or whatever week it was. Um, And I thought about how many kids, I mean, granted, we had half days, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. By Friday, I had five students out. And I was wondering, just from my homeroom alone, Mm -hmm. so I was wondering, you know, is it because it's a Friday half day and their parents were like, yeah, whatever. Or was it because their parents were more like, you're not coming to school because I'm nervous. Yeah. And then I think about how many parents we had come into our school for conferences, how many parents I interacted with. Yes. Um, and then that afternoon, because I stayed for Friday conferences, that afternoon we got the word that we'd be closed for two weeks. Right. But we got word well after the half day ended. Yeah. So like we I, hadn't like even had, it wasn't even when students were in the building. So yeah, already been hours and I wasn't even in yeah yeah. so for that to happen it was it's like kind of heartbreaking it was heartbreaking I didn't get to say goodbye to a lot of them and who knows I mean we're in three weeks right now but people are like well what if this is longer and there's other districts in Massachusetts that have that they're saying well we'll see you in May at the earliest and there's districts around our country right now that have just said we're not coming back this year like I I think in Kansas Kansas, yeah Kansas is like we're We're done next September yep you know and that's heartbreaking and it's it's okay to mourn yeah it's a like a I know that's like a weird no but it's but it's you're mourning your class you're mourning your yeah there's no there's no way that you can like I don't know. As teachers, we love our students no matter what. And to not be able to hold, like hold them in our classrooms and and to just be there when they need us. It's really um, hard. Going back to um, Michaela, the townie teacher yesterday at her district, um, her administration said, okay, you all can come to the school. You have 15 minutes, get what you need. That's it. Wow. And she storied about it and talk about getting real. Like I was tearing up watching her because just the points that she was, she was saying, she's like, it was so eerie just walking into a building that should normally be filled with students right now was, was kind of sobering. But then she goes, it made me realize how much of my life is in my classroom, how Mm -hmm. much time I put into getting my room ready, how much I'm actually in this space of my life. 
And the fact that I have 15 minutes just to grab what I need and I don't know when I can come back. It was really, it was really raw and really real. And it was just like, wow, it made me think about it. And you can't even go in and see your colleagues. No, you know, they had to to social distance while they were there. Well, it's isolating. It's hard. Yeah. And I think one of the, one of the main things of why we're recording this podcast right now is just to put it out there. Yesterday I tweeted that I felt overwhelmed, that I miss my students. I miss my school and I miss my classroom. And so many people responded saying that they feel the same way. And that was one of the reasons why I wanted to pull you onto this pod today. So, because I knew you were feeling similar, just put it out there and just say like, it's okay that you're feeling this way. Don't bottle it all up have someone to talk to, reach out to us. Just, you know, like we're all in this together. Now's the time to support each other. Now's the time to be there for each other. And to just. As long as we're social distancing. (laughs) Exactly. As long as we're social distancing, but just now's the time to, to not completely isolate your feelings and yourself yeah. We're all going through this, whether yeah. we have similar feelings or not, we all ha- are experiencing the same challenges yeah. and problems. So we're all scared. We're all worried. We're all nervous. We're all, um, I just feel kind of on edge. Yeah. Like, like I'm never, I'm never relaxing. No. And I feel like as teachers, we're such planners. Like we know you know, for the most part, what's going to come ahead in the day. And we can plan for that and have Mm -hmm. plan B, plan C, whatever. But this, just the unknown, not knowing is really unnerving for me. I have a smartwatch that like tells me, um, uh, like it like, you know, tracks your heart rate or whatever and yeah. is like you know you seem like a little tens why don't you go for a walk like and I just like took it off because <laughs> it's like you're not sleeping you're you need to move you're like you need to get out of your head like it's basically what it's yelling at me about and I'm just like ah like like those things can be good but at the same time it can also be just another reminder of how you're feeling and right. being in touch with your feelings and and don't tell me that I haven't made it to 10,000 steps today. I don't need that from you. <laughs> no. No. <sighs> Even though I took my kids around the neighborhood like 15 times today, like I still didn't make up my 10,000 steps. And you know what? I just don't need that kind of energy. No, so I don't need that pressure. Right turn, I'm turning off that smartwatch for now. Yeah. Well, even yesterday, I stored on my Instagram that my kids hadn't changed their clothes. They were still in yesterday's clothes. And you know what? That's okay. You know what? <laughs> I've done it. <laughs> I... I'm still in my pajamas at 11 o'clock in the morning. So. Whatever. And like, it's today's the weekend, today's Saturday. And I'm like, woo, it's sad. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't feel like it though. It, like it doesn't, like the day to day, just, it doesn't mean anything right now. No, it doesn't. You know, like for us at least because we're home and socially distancing and yeah. we and it feels like there was something else that I, you had mentioned at the beginning. Um, and there was something that I had seen on one of the, Twitter or Instagram or something. And it was, this is not a vacation for teachers. A vacation for teachers is a respite, is a break, is to spend time with family and enjoy each other. This 
yes, I'm enjoying my family time, but I'm also, it's not a vacation. I'm not getting a respite. I'm not relaxing. I am kind of doing the opposite. I'm stressing out. (laughs) And you know, it's okay if you aren't enjoying family time every minute of the day. Not everybody. Because I love my husband. I love my kids, but there's times where I'm just like, you know what? I need to go take a moment and I need to get myself grounded to be able to come back and be and there. Be the best mommy can be. And, you be the best you can and be. if that means I need to lock myself in the bathroom for a few minutes, then I, I'm going to go do it. Yep. And my, like one of the things I was talking to my husband about, cause I just don't sleep anymore. So I'm like, let's have a totally like emotional conversation at 11 o'clock at night, like every night. <laughs> and, um, and he's like, I know you're trying to stay in the moment and it's hard for you, but you have to continue to try mm-hmm. like you need to push some stuff down and to be present when the kids are here they're looking for you to be your their stability right now and, and I think that's that's really hard for us too because yeah you know as teachers we put on like an act mm-hmm. every day you know whatever we're going through at home we kind of have to put aside so we can be there for the kids it's really hard to do that for your own kids when you're yes. at home dealing with this. Right. You know, and I feel like me as, as an educator and just personally, I can kind of separate that and, and put on for them a show, give or take, you know, everything's great. This is wonderful. I'm so happy. To be Let's learn social studies. Yeah. But then at the same time, as soon as they go to bed, I'm in my bed. I just am like paralyzed. Like yep. I, um, so I think it takes a toll as well. And we have to be mindful on, you know, take care of you. Cause you know, us as, as people, people in general, just, they want to take care of their loved ones first and they always neglect them. Especially teachers. Yeah. And we can't do that. This is the time where we have to practice mindfulness and, yeah. and self-care and, Something that I hold dear is is the Huga lifestyle. Just being, you know, I have my salt my salt rock lamp. I have <laughs> my crystals. I have, you know, candles. Whatever works. <laughs> Whatever makes you feel cozy and comfortable. Yep. I actually got my. I'm like touching it right now because it's so soothing. <laughs> I have this soft, like fluffy white blanket, and at night I just wrap myself in it, and it just, oh, it's just. It's so calming. It makes me feel better because like I said, I kind of hold it together for the kids all day. And by nighttime, I'm like a mess. Yeah. Um, And And you know what? Let's shout, like, let's give a shout out. My, our districts, I know we said it earlier, but I'm, I don't know if they ever listen, but I'm just going to shout out to our admins. They're being so supportive and I feel very loved by them. I feel like we are important and our upper admins, I feel the same way from them. I, I feel like we are being really supported in this time. And no matter what, if I send an email and just say like, hey, like this is what's going on, I feel like they would respond and be like, how can we help how you? How can we support you? From a socially exactly. distance. <laughs> yeah. From, yeah. Or how can we help you? Yeah. And, and 
I feel really lucky and I know that that's not the same for every district. I've been in other districts where I think if I was in the same situation, like what would be happening? And they kind of say, suck it up. Yeah. <laughs> suck it up. Get on your Zoom for six hours a day and we will be evaluating you while you do it. <laughs> like, you know, know, like <laughs> that would be the case in other districts. And I'm, I'm feeling really grateful for ours. I am too. So, and thank you to our admins. There, yeah, I agree from, you know, superintendent and, and down, just everybody is so supportive and signing everything as be well, you know, I don't know if you've noticed that, but everybody is signing mm-hmm. as be well. And I think that's not just our physical health, but our mental health as well. And, and you're right. I, I do feel supported. And if I had anything going on, I could always go to them and they would be understanding and they would be supportive. Mm-hmm. And um, I know how fortunate we are. And it, it, it has to be so hard for them at this time. And one of my friends was, um, it is in another district, but she's working with the superintendent. And she says that it is so hard right now and that they're doing so much behind the scenes that people don't realize. And yeah. I can't even imagine, I would assume that our admins aren't sleeping. Oh yeah. Um, I would assume that they are working around the clock and just trying to do everything they possibly can for every single person. And I don't envy (laughs) that. And I'm just grateful that they're who they are and, um, and just, you know, Mm -hmm. doing everything they can. I agree. Um, my neighbor is actually a principal of the district that my, um, my oldest goes to and she's the principal of the high school and we're a regional district. So she's in charge of like three different towns, kids from students from three different towns. She herself has three children and she's just like Martha Stewart, all wrapped up in one like beautiful principal. But anyway, um, she posted <laughs> on her story, um, this t-shirt that someone had made for her, never underestimate a principal who survived 2020 coronavirus pandemic. Seriously though. Like I can only imagine what she's going through. And on top of that, her taking care of her family, taking mm-hmm. care of her. Cause she's doing something similar to me where we're homeschooling our kids, but that's because that's what we're comfortable with. That's the routine that we know we're teachers through and through and routine and structure is something that we thrive on. And so do our kids. And so she's kind of doing the same kind of idea that I'm doing is storing what she's doing with her kids every day. And it's, I don't know how she's doing it all. I say that about her all the time. I'm like, how does she do it? I can't imagine the amount of emails she's getting. (laughs) And then she's posting things like right now she just posted um, in an email to my staff the other day. I told them it will most likely be a gauntlet when we return to the building. So do not feel guilty about taking some of this time that we're um, now that we're home to slow down and take a breath. A little mental health care will go a long way in this season of chaos and confusion. Yeah. Like we need to give our principals some grace. We need to give our administration some grace right now because they are in uncharted territory and they're doing the best that they can with what they have. And with really no, there was really not much, like no one could have predicted this was going to happen. I mean, like when we went to we first day of school, we weren't going to, we weren't thinking, all right, this year there's going to be a pandemic, everybody. So button up. And there were whispers of it happening in other countries, but I think we were naive in the fact that we were like, some of us were, 
you know, thinking that it wasn't going to happen here. And then it did. And some of us had been planning for it. Some of us kind of chose not to think about it. And now whatever works for you, I guess. (laughs) And now, and now we're here and we have to just kind of do the best we can with what we've got. So, um, yeah, I'm just really grateful for our administration, um, at our district. And if you know a principal, you should, (laughs) you should just give them, you know, give them a note, (laughs) send them a message and say, thank you to any teacher. And even like, even if you don't do it right now, no, you know, just remember this, (laughs) remember this, um, because we're all just, I don't know. We're all just just trying to find our way to stay above water. Yeah. We're all just trying to find a way, trying to keep our house safe, our family safe. Um, our students safe as best we can from across the internet, you know? Yeah. Um, Beth, I want to wrap this up because I feel like we can keep talking. We could talk forever, (laughs) but I am just really grateful that you came on and chatted. And I know this podcast generally is about, you know, steam stuff. Um, but I think this is a really important podcast and I hope that whoever is listening, finds some kind of comfort or you know something in this that will help them through yeah I agree and as much as you might think that there are other teachers doing more out there you just have to worry about yourself yeah worry about what's going to be best for you and for your students and for your own mental health um, don't compare yourself to other teachers. Don't compare yourself to other people. Just right. The world of Instagram and Twitter doesn't always show the true story. No. So How for many the of people us have that downloaded that COVID nineteen schedule and threw it oh out my, the first yeah. day. I mean, like, <laughs> it's like you can put really cute, adorable things that you're doing. And I mean, I even posted a cute picture of my kids. And the truth is, five minutes later, they were both crying, you know? <laughs> like, That's reality. And That's 20 reality. minutes before that, our house was literally covered in toys and cereal because my one-year-old decided that it was going to rain cereal. So, like, like, you know? I've been hearing Legos flying, so I can only imagine. When I was talking to my therapist about all this, she was like, it's okay to get off of social media. It's okay mm-hmm. to turn your phone off. Mm-hmm. You know, like you don't need to be on 24 yep. seven and even just not even outside of the COVID-19 everything. Yeah. It's okay. And that's why I have like my personal Instagram account where I only see like my closest family and friends. And then I have my teacher account where I like can see other teachers and can see students and, and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes I need to turn that one off because I don't want to compare it to what other teachers are doing. Right. Right. You know, you can get, and I find Instagram, my teacher Instagram, so, so helpful and so inspirational. And I get inspired by what other teachers are doing, but I have to remember that's what works for them. Let's take that idea and figure out how it's going to work best for me. Right. Um, I don't want to copy everybody because their situation, their, you know, however, is going to be different from what I'm dealing with. Right. So that's something I, th- I think of throughout this whole thing is 
um, if you're an educator, just, just like I said before, do what works best for you. If laying in bed, watching, you know, lifetime movies works for you, do it. <laughs> Take yes. the time because who knows what it's going to be like when we get back. Right. We need to, and we need when. to care of ourselves. Right. If and when we go back. Yeah. Right. Um, so Beth, why don't you tell everyone where to find you? Oh, you can find me on Instagram. My handle is fan cactus in fourth because I am the cactus queen. I love it. <laughs> and on Twitter, it's um, Mrs. Underscore underscore Barra. And you can also find me on Tori's Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. I'll post all of the ways to find you in the episode notes too. Thank you. And if you want to follow me, I'm on Twitter at steamupthecLSRM. You can see my class in action on Instagram at steamuptheclassroom. And my website is steamuptheclassroom.com. So um, hopefully this was helpful. Um, please feel free to reach out or, um, you know, do whatever you need to do to stay positive and healthy during this time. So and I please hope feel Feel free to reach out to me if you want to chat, if you just want to talk, not even just about school stuff. If you just want to talk about how you're feeling, I know that Tori and I will be able to, um, will be available and would love to hear from you. Yes. And, um, and I'm, I'm, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> well, pretend that the outro music is playing right now. Um, and, uh, and I hope that everyone stays healthy. So thank you so much, Beth, for coming thank on. Thank you. Be well. Bye. <laughs> Bye.